0: You're listening to the Heart & Hustle Podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Buckle your seatbelts, friend. It is about to go down. If you have ever wondered how businesses get on the front page of Google, this episode is going to walk you through literally how to go about doing that for your business. This episode is also especially for you if you're just straight up tired of hustling your booty patootie off on Instagram daily, getting zero traction in your business, and you're just wondering if there's another way to market online. The short answer is yes. Yes, there is. It's called SEO. And today, Catalina Jean is going to blow your mind on all things search engine optimization. Catalina is a wedding photographer based in Portland, Oregon, who's been shooting full-time for nearly 10 years. As she got started in her photography journey, she dove headfirst into trying to understand how Google's search engine worked. And what followed was years and years of diving in and becoming a self-taught expert in SEO. She now, in addition to her wedding photography business, also specializes in teaching other creatives how to easily book themselves solid using SEO tactics with her company, SEO is Fun. Now, I'm not kidding when I say that Catalina dropped the mic today, like hard. This is a repeat five times and take notes each time listening type of episode. Like, I'm like, I can't, I don't know how to say I can't, like, I'm not kidding, like enough. Like, Catalina dropped. Fire answering all of our SEO questions ranging from what is SEO and why should business owners be utilizing it to how does SEO rank websites and pages? How do you get on page one of Google? How do utilize alt text, keywords, and your website copy itself to get yourself in front of hundreds of new ideal clients? How to check how your SEO is doing, what you're doing wrong with blogging, and how to turn your blog posts into a huge asset for your SEO rankings, and the first thing to do when it comes to starting SEO. I have literally never in my life heard anyone break down such a techy and somewhat complicated topic in such a clear, concise, exciting, and fun way. Catalina is a gem of a human and just had so much information to share. And I just promise you're gonna want to repeat this episode, like I said, and transform your business marketing with less work in the long run after finishing this episode. Also, hint: you're gonna want to take notes on this one, so grab a pen and paper. I feel like I've said that multiple times, but like it's because it's true. So it's basically a course in a podcast. Here you go. All right, buckle your seatbelt and prepare to get your mind blown by Catalina Jean. All right. All right. All right. The next heart conference is coming to Dallas, Texas on October 10th through 12th, 2023. We are freaking out guys. The Dallas heart conference presale tickets are live right now, this week only until Sunday, October 23rd. Presale tickets are 40% off. We are absolutely insane for doing this, but we love you guys so much. And we wanted to make this next conference as accessible as possible to you. They say everything's bigger in Texas, and honestly, we took that a little bit to heart because the Heart Conference is coming back bigger and better than ever before, and we want you in the room. This is going to be the biggest event of the year, and you do not want to miss out. But don't take my word for it. Here's what some past Heart Conference attendees had to say about their experience. Morgan said, this week changed my life, period. Allie said, I would have paid five times over to go again. The gals from Savvy Design Co. raved about the Heart conference saying, this week will go down as one of the most pivotal experiences in our business. And our girl, Christele, said, to say this was transformative would be an undersell because I don't think I could put into words what it felt like to be fully accepted and cheered on by 150 plus fellow entrepreneurs. Friend, do not wait. You need to be in this room. It's going to change your life. To snag a ticket for a whopping 40% off, the cheapest it will ever be, this week only, head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. And we cannot wait to party rock in Texas with you next year. Again, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. Do not wait. Dallas is calling.
1: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle Podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsey Roman. To photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of The Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step out to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, cause here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Catalina,
2: welcome to the show. This is an honor having you. Oh, I'm so excited to be on. It's been a little bit since I've been on a podcast. So I'm just really excited to, yeah, talk about my favorite topic ever. <laughs> oh my and, gosh. Well, um, you are you
0: are brilliant at this topic. I, I said before we started recording, but um, I was at a workshop a couple of years ago where you taught on SEO and uh, I was just like mind blown. And I was like, we have to get you on the show. Um, I think literally me and Evie were saying before Like you even hopped on. We're like, pretty sure Catalina, you have been on our list of like dream guests to have on the show uh, for a while now. So I think since we started the podcast, we created the dream guest list
1: like when we first started the podcast and I'm pretty sure your name was on that first run of guests that we wanted.
2: Oh, shucks. (laughs) (laughs) So basically,
1: we're really excited. <laughs>
2: well, well, I'm trying not to be nervous, so uh, thanks for yeah, that. no, no pressure yeah, that. at that. This is
0: going to be a just like casual chat.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, before we dive in, can you just kind of tell us a little bit about your story, a little bit about yourself, I guess, how you maybe even got into SEO a little bit? Because that's the topic we're going into today. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I've been a wedding photographer for nine years full time, which is wild to stay. So there's been a lot of like you know, ups and downs and and learning through through a lot of things. I started shooting just like really over-edited headshots um, at my nice. corporate shop. <laughs> nice. um, and yeah, I tried to take photos of landscapes. and I was like, this is boring. And i just doing... <laughs> Just doing a few, just just getting a person in front of the camera, I don't know, something clicked in my brain and I could not let it go. I ended up quitting that job like three months later, maybe, and shot my very first wedding um, and just loved it. And it was like, I shot it for free. I shot for... 14 hours <laughs> like, oh, man. it gosh. was a monster but I did I didn't realize like I I just didn't know at the time the different publications or whatnot so I had submitted it to uh wedding chicks and it got featured so I was like okay maybe I don't suck at this if my first wow. got on this got on this thing and um and that's a side note we'll talk about later that getting featured as a, and getting backlinks is a huge part of SEO. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that sort of just like led down a road of a complete obsession with it. And even this many years later, I am obsessed with it like this. It's definitely, you know, as anyone doing anything creative or anything that is their own business, there are ups and downs. We have really complicated relationships sometimes with our business. But um, yeah, to this day, I in past jobs, I would get so bored after like three months of anything (laughs) for this to keep my attention for for so many years um but yeah when I started my business I was just sitting in front of a computer with a part an apartment I could like barely afford eating like cup of noodle and other (laughs) meals and I was just sitting and looking and I don't I, I like almost remember literally the day I'm sitting on my little old laptop and I just opened Google and just stared at it like how do businesses get on here? And that became like an equation I couldn't let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to SEO, I am completely self-taught. I I started snagging page one rankings before I even knew it was called SEO. <laughs> I, <didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just like, okay, what are websites doing? And trying to kind of emulate that and like put the pieces together. But that was really cool because I didn't come at it so much of just like memorizing rules. I came at it so much more of like a mad scientist and just experimenting and trying things. And it gave a lot of like freedom in that creation yeah. for starting it. But it also means I did a lot of stuff very wrong. Like <laughs> anything I have ever taught um, on SEO to everyone, anyone that's like, you know, uh, definitely don't do this. Or I'm like, I did all of it. I did all (laughs) of it. So if you are out there and you're kind of fumbling around, so did I. For years, it probably took me about probably like four or five years to really actually get to a good place where I was like, okay, I really understand this. And then even just in the last few years, being able to stretch that even further and really experiment with new things. And um, yeah, and like new ways to target, new ways to create content. Uh yeah so that's kind of like my my journey with it.
0: Oh heck we, yes. Yes, we are so about this. I have a question just for you candidly. Y- y- so you said you're a wedding photographer. Wow, words. <laughs> you said you're a wedding <laughs> photographer and was SEO the prime like once you actually started diving into it was that the prime way that you marketed your photography business?
2: Yes, and it still is. I really started with a wedding wire listing. That was like my <laughs> first <laughs> Um, sign up. But yeah, that has been the main way I have marketed my business because I think no one was really paying attention to it at the time. So I was able to snag rankings and my style of photography at the time, I truly didn't think anyone would even hire me. It's not what was popular, this much more like bright and airy style was really popular. I was much more dark and moody. So I also remember being like, uh, I don't know if anyone's going to want this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, when people were looking on Google, then when, every, when things were mostly bright and airy, I ended up really finding my people easily because they'd get to my website and they'd be like, oh, this is a, either they absolutely didn't want it or they're like, this is exactly what I want. So that has been, mm. yeah, it's been definitely the main way I have uh, marketed my business.
1: Oh, oh, that's I amazing.
2: Love this. We okay, are
1: well, get so nerdy on this I know, topic. It makes so
0: happy. We're
1: sitting like here like being like stuff. super giddy.
0: I'm okay. Very... Well, let's just dive into the SEO like off the cliff, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of times when entrepreneurs, I, I think Instagram or social media in general is like the hot way to market, the, the way that people naturally gravitate gravitate toward or think that they have to gravitate toward. Um and I think SEO, uh, from what I see, just gets like like a backseat to marketing in most, I think, creative entrepreneurs and especially photographers is like wheelhouse. Um, so can we just like back up a little bit and can you tell us like what SEO is and why as business
2: owners, we should be using it? Totally. Yeah. That's, my favorite question. <laughs> That's a great question. And to touch on you a little bit of why I think there is this natural pull towards Instagram is Instagram is literally designed almost like a slot machine. It like hits that part of your brain that gives that kind of like instant gratification. Yeah. So we, lo- like we love those little what we love or hate, the little notifications that pop up or right. something, there's a really instant gratification to it. So your brain is really like programmed to be pulled towards those things. And I think SEO does get ignored because it is much more of a longer investment. Like it's, it's more fun to, I don't know, play with the crypto market than like long-term investment strategies. We right. like, yeah. you know, long-term invest- investment strategies over the long-term is just a, a safer way to build. So yeah, to go back with just like the, the the history of SEO, I love to go over this just because I do think there are some misconceptions of just what SEO is. And it's totally understandable to just approach it like, well, what are my keywords or how do I rank? And that's totally fine. But understanding kind of how, and I'm going to focus completely pretty much on Google. They're just the heavy hitter. Everyone models themselves after Google. So I'm going to go back on just kind of the history of search engines and sort of how they work. So like way back, first World Wide Web is created and the very first websites are starting to kind of pop into existence. All those people that are creating those, you know, have probably billions of dollars now. But so when you first, when the internet first started, you had to have a specific web address to be able to visit a specific website. So then those same smart people who are also probably billionaires now started (laughs) creating directories. So it's like, okay, now there's kind of a lot of websites on dog training, I'm going to create a directory of the websites that go over how to train your dog. And that was sort of the birth of the original sort of search engine optimization. Now then the the internet grew enormously and these directories, you couldn't really have just a person looking through all the websites and adding them to directories. So then they created the crawlers that I lovingly call the robot spider librarians. (laughs) These librarians are coded to go out and read websites. And they're literally looking at a website, they're looking at a blog post, just like they were, you know, maybe had like a cart of books they were looking at. And then they pick it up and go, okay, this belongs here, this belongs here. And that creates the huge library that is Google. So when we go Google something, we're basically walking into a library and being like, oh, and we ask it stupid things. Like, I want to know how <laughs> tall Keanu Reeves is. Like, we, you know, just yeah. the library has everything. And the little robot spider goes, okay, totally. I have books right here. Let me pull the best results for the query that you're that you're supporting. Okay, the section on Kiana Reeves, subsection, height, or physical attributes. And that's really how the search engines work. So really the biggest thing we want to understand isn't just how to get on page one. What is happening in that little robot spider librarian's handbook? What questions are they asking? What are they looking for? And what what has them decide what is on page one so that's kind of like the history and the understanding and that's something that when i was learning it and that's a little bit like i'm obsessed with systems and how they work and the functionality so that's something once i understood that then the seo steps became a lot easier because it really just played into our robot spider handbook now there is not an actual handbook google keeps its over 200 ranking factors pretty close to its chest but there are some really basic things that I found that it looks for over and over again. And mm-hmm. yeah, I tend to get into why it's important for business owners. So this is an example of just my business. So my business over those years, especially once SEO started working and today, probably the last four or five years, I receive over like five to 700 inquiries every year. Oh my gosh. I have <gasps> 25 clients. What's cool about that is that I can really like really shift my... So when I get inquiries, like when I connect with a person, that's what I'm really looking for. Mm-hmm. I can, like, have them and like get them to find me. Um, I can shoot in specific plate, uh, locations that I want to work for. So like I just shot a wedding uh, in Todos Santos in Mexico. I'm definitely going to SEO that whole area because I love <laughs> that area. But one year that I think is really interesting to look at is the pandemic year, is mm-hmm. 2020. So I have been working on Instagram through the years. It's not really my uh, forte. I haven't really like found um, a ton of success with it. But when the pandemic hit, I absolutely pretty much couldn't work on anything. I think many people... Kind of shut down. Um, I was just like, I just disappeared into VR worlds and was playing video games for <laughs> pretty much the an, entire year. So then I looked at my, I got, I was really curious in 2021. I looked at my numbers and because I was able to rebook my 2020 with elopements just from my SEO I've done for work on elopements. So that saved my business as all those weddings rescheduled, I rebooked my year with elopements because they became the only option. So I did not work on Instagram or SEO once that entire year. I think I maybe posted Instagram twice, like maybe. Maybe. And the amount of traffic uh, from Instagram was about 600 inquiries, or it's not inquiries, the uh, 600 just like clicks through. And the traffic from SEO was over 17,000 unique clicks in a year that I did not even work on it one bit. It was just from what i had already had set up. So that's why I think it's such so amazing for small business owners because it allows also just like mental health space from mm, all this yeah. and, like Instagram you really have to feed all the time I often like compared the the two where instagram's kind of like a gigapet those like little like <laughs> electronic things you have to like feed mine would like always die um, <laughs> And SEO is more like building a house. And it's something that stays there even when you're not actively working on it. And so that's just like, when I looked at that, I, that just like super solidified for me. I was like, I am beyond thankful. I got weirdly obsessed with this thing no one was paying <laughs> attention to because I'm able to just completely pull back. You know, if I want to go to Italy for a month and not work on any of my marketing, I know it's there working for me. So I just think that's such a powerful thing for business owners.
1: Oh, they This is good. I think this is so important too for, you know, it's so easy to have so many things in your head as entrepreneurs that you're like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do Pinterest. I need to do TikTok now. I need to do Instagram. Mm. I need to... And it's like, realistically, you know, do you actually need to do all of it? And for a lot of people you know instagram or showing your face on social media or anything like that isn't fun no matter what way you cut it they don't enjoy it and the fact that you're basically coming on here today being like you can be massively successful with this with the you know way less work in the upfront showing your face type of thing, you're building a house, not not taking care of... I literally thought of a sourdough starter because I was like, if you don't feed that thing, it dies. Anyways, yeah, I just <laughs> like my nerd language coming out. I'm like, <laughs> sourdough starter. Anyways, I want... You mentioned like, you know, the handbook that Google actually doesn't necessarily tell you about, but there are some things that you've learned that typically Google is looking for. Can we kind of like, I guess, talk about that? Like the first step when it comes to SEO the first thing that somebody should look at changing on their website or doing to optimize their website do you have kind of starter steps for someone to think about
2: mhm yeah definitely so one thing to keep in mind of these little robot crawlers is that they're technically blind they can't They don't look at websites the same way what we see on the front end. They're looking in the actual code. So things like images, they can't really see them. So what they're really looking at is anything that's in text, whether it's a URL, the headers, the body text. Those are the things that's really going to be looking at when it comes to actually on-page SEO. Those are things that are going to be really determining factors because then it actually has the data to run through the handbooked. So that's kind of a, definitely a one tip. If your homepage or if your blog posts are just photos or just visuals, it's not going to do a lot for the little crawler. The little crawler is going to come and be like, I don't, I don't understand what this website is. I don't understand what content it provides or what type of business it is or where the business is located. Those are things that the little robot spider will really be looking for. If you want to start somewhere with SEO, I can definitely recommend the way that I started is type in the keywords into Google that you want to rank for and study the page one search results. Ask like, why do you like what, what kinds of articles are on this page? Like, so I'm a wedding photographer, so I will speak a lot from that perspective, but it's like, okay, say I Google just like, oh, I really want to rank for this wedding venue or like, Yosemite elopement, that's a great example. I want to rank for Yosemite elopement. Then I would go Google that and I'd look at the first page and ask questions like, okay, is it actually showcasing individual elopements or is it showcasing informational articles that talk about more like how to elope in Yosemite? So that's a lot of how I've learned to do SEO. And I open up those articles and I look at their headers. I look at their body text, I look at the links that they provide and I emulate that. And I try to make my content even better than what's already on page one. In our, in a lot of industries, we've put a lot of importance on community over competition. And I'm all for that. Except when it comes to SEO. (laughs) SEO is competition because competition makes, it's why Google is so great because everyone is competing for page one, which makes Mm. page one search results that good. It makes it why we, it's just like, I mean, I probably Google things like 10 times a day. That's an amazing for a business that every almost everyone on the planet. Utilizes this thing. Yeah, that's true. Every day. And yeah, I think it's still like 82% of all searches start on Google. Wow. So it is a competition. So I do study what other people are doing and then I try to make it even better. Okay, how can I create a better article? So that's a great place to start as you're kind of figuring out, like, even just open a, a document and type out your business goals, type out how, okay, I want I'm a I want to be a wedding photographer in Denver. Okay, that I could rank for Denver wedding photographer. I could rank for the elopements in my areas. I could do styled shoots to build my portfolio and rank for new keywords at that, that venue. So there's lots of ways to go about it. You kind of start with business goals and then study the keywords by searching them.
0: Oh, I love this so much. I like that you said like, think of the keywords that you would search to find like yourself or like, you know, putting yourself in the position of your ideal client and saying like, hey, if I were the person that I would want to book me, if I were going to Google and typing in something to find me or to find even like whatever you want to rank for, I think that's so smart. Um, also literally, as you were talking, I literally Googled, uh, Yosemite elopement. And obviously after the ads are over, mm-hmm. like the first link that I saw was like a Yosemite planning or a Yosemite elopement planning guide. Yes. And I think that's really cool to, especially for photographers, stop viewing their website and their blog as like portfolio showcasing, which yes, it is that, mm-hmm. but I think I love that you use the word article because again, like the robot crawler, whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> the
2: robot spider library. Yeah, the robot spider
0: library <laughs> so is, nerdy. I just remembered also from like the workshop that you taught at, you had like a picture of like literally a robot spider. Anyways, okay, I'm getting <laughs> off topic. I did, it's bad. It's great. <laughs> it's really um, but I like that, that kind of almost reframing our minds to think of our website as like an informational website versus just like a portfolio showcasing or even our blogs as articles versus just portfolio pieces. Would you agree with that?
2: A hundred percent. You brought up two amazing points. Understanding customer behavior is everything to do with any marketing avenue that you use. Same thing with like Instagram. You know, it's like, oh, should I post at 8 a.m. or use these hashtags? It's like, no, create... What your ideal client would be drawn to, provide mm-hmm. value. And it's the same thing with SEO. You reverse engineer it. And that's what's cool too, because we Google stuff all the time. We're like expert Googlers, like us everyone is So putting yourself in your your and pairing your business goals, and then having that, like, okay, how would these customers behave? What questions they want solved, what problems do they need solved? That is, yeah, just absolutely spot on. And then, yes articles are everything. We want to provide value in every step of, of SEO because we want someone not just to get to our blog post. Um, we want it to have content in there that they would be engaged to read that would be helpful for them. You know, one mm-hmm. thing I always include, um, almost always include in my blog posts, I ask my the client who's being showcased in the blog post, I ask them a few questions. And one question just is like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to blog your wedding. Um because I think potential clients would love to hear from people who have already gotten married yeah, um, which I think is really cool. So I always ask like what um, what's something you wish you would have known when planning your wedding And like that's such a great little piece of information. So it's just an extra, like, yes, we want to get to page one, but then we really want to provide value so that people that customers actually convert or get drawn into our site or they're like, oh, this person's an expert on this. Well, my search is done. That's what we want. We want once people get to our site that their search is done, that their problem yes. is solved, that the solution is found.
1: I hope our listeners are taking detailed notes right now. <laughs> <'cause I'm detailed. laughs>
0: that is brilliant. That is literally brilliant to include. I mean, again, it's it's almost like you're acting like a journalist versus I mean, you're writing an article, and and that's like a quote from your client would make sense in an article. Like, that's so good. Oh, okay.
1: Okay, I have a question for you, Catalina. As you're talking about this, does this then mean, is is blogging one of the most powerful ways to rank on Google? And if it is, like, you know, writing these value-based informational article style blog posts, Does a photographer have to consistently and continually blog in order to continue to rank?
2: Mm, Great question. Yeah, with SEO, it's really a holistic sort of thing. So, like I've mentioned, I've went a year two without blogging, and I was totally fine. Google does want to see, especially if you have a new website, if you're just starting out. Google does like to see websites that have that are sort of like beefy. You know, they have like a detailed homepage. They have um, additional pages that are quality. So we want to. We do want to grow quality pages, and I think doing anything in marketing consistently is 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 always a good idea. But it's not like say you don't blog for a while. It's it's not necessarily going to hurt your your SEO. But it's really all holistically linked together. There's not like one way to get to page one or one way that you're going to get knocked off. So you want to have like really a a holistic approach to approaching these things. Um, when it comes to blogging, what the amazing opportunity here is every new blog post is an opportunity to target new keywords. Mm -hmm. So my homepage really targets one thing and that doesn't change. I'm a Portland wedding photographer. It's pretty straightforward, but anytime I want to grow that, that keyword net, then I just, I focus on blog posts. So that's something that I keep in mind when I'm blogging is it's not just getting new work up. It's an opportunity to go for new keywords and to get in front of more customers. And what's cool is it's, whereas like, it, it's very, I'm it's so corny. I was gonna say it's very targeted, target keywords. Yes, they very targeted. <laughs> but I can, I get to decide what I want to rank for, especially now just having such an understanding of it that I don't just go after whatever keywords you know I go after very specific things that I want to bring into my business that I want more of so you know with each new blog post could rank you know for a new keyword then if you have 10 that's 10 keywords if you you know you keep going they're just fishing lines that you're throwing out and adding and so after some time you have this big net brings so that way even if each blog post brings in one client, you know, a year, if you have 30 blog posts, there's your year, you know, booked out for you. So I just think that's, that's just really, really powerful, but you can take breaks from it. That's what's great. Or if you want to make a ton of blog posts, you can even keep them in drafts and then just publish them, you know, kind of in the coming weeks. And then, so you publish that one, say you publish one that week, then you can share it on Instagram, then you can share it on Pinterest and then one the next week that keeps a nice, like consistent content chain, but you can create your blog posts, leave them as drafts, and then sort of like drip the, the content throughout the next few months. So if you have a month off and wanna like do a little b- blogging frenzy, that's great. And then you can have that and then you'll always have something to talk about on the other platforms as well. Mm,
0: so, so good. good. Also, I, I just got, like, as if you didn't know that this woman is brilliant thus far into <laughs> this episode, I gotta say, I was curious while you're talking, Catalina, I literally Googled Oregon wedding photographer. You are the, like, other than the knot and wedding wire, you are like the number one. Like, so I'm just saying, listener, she <laughs> like, I'm just like, whoa. Okay, anyways, um, my question kind of around the blogging topic, what are some misconceptions about blogging in regards to SEO that we can just debunk
2: for our listeners today? Oof. Another favorite question of mine. I like debunking things <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much in SEO that just needs to be debunked. There's, there is a, and I feel for anyone like learning SEO on my own by myself. Like I feel like all the articles and things written out there are so confusing and can really mislead, especially like small business owners or one person businesses. Cause many SEO articles are written for like, recipe bloggers and like huge sites they're just not applicable so and this first one too i actually even squarespace and their seo advice in my opinion is wrong so on their like seo advice blog so this first one um categories and tags should not be used for seo that is not a place to put keywords in And they're not, they, yeah, they're not like hashtags. And I think they they are because they're organizational. So when you're utilizing categories and tags, use them sparingly and only use them if they have a very specific use on your website. So I do have a category wedding makes sense. And that way, all my weddings are in one place. And if I I want to create like a summary blog where it pulls all my wedding blog posts into another page, then I can use that tag or excuse me, that category to pull them in. Or I have an elopement page that um, consistently populates my new elopements that I've blogged. So I have a tag that's elopement page and that way it'll automatically update that other page. But if categories and tags don't have a specific use, they're, they're not a place to stuff hashtags. If yeah. a lot of photographer um, and just various, a lot of websites I've seen have done this, which means they've created basically hundreds of low quality pages. So if you wow. put all these things in, each category and tag, it creates a low quality page on your site, which we don't, Google doesn't love that. Google loves to seeing a clean site with a lot of quality pages so if as long as that category or tag isn't part of your website design somehow, I think there's some flow themes, um, designs, and things like that that do utilize uh, categories and tags to create their designs. Reach out to your, your website designer or platform to double check, but go ahead and clean up those categories and tags. And that way you're going to clean up all of those low quality pages, and especially if you're on Squarespace, because we're not able to edit our category and tag pages, WordPress users can Um, edit those pages. But again, it takes plugins and some extra work. It's better just to clean it up. And if you're starting with a new website, just keep that in mind. Use them sparingly. And the next one is keyword stuffing is a big no-no. So basically what that is, is trying to rank a blog post for a bunch of different unrelated keywords. An example of this would be like having a blog post title be uh, Yosemite elopement, California Mountain Photographer, Destination, <laughs> you know, like they seem related, but it's like a common thing I see is people kind of stuffing those things in. Like they'll name the blog post that like long mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They'll put that in their their titles. So just keep your pick sort of the, and there there is some ad, like kind of advanced tactics on how to rank uh, a blog post for multiple keywords, but just for like the sake of simplicity is pick one Topic of your blog post and stick to that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so just kind of and also just keyword stuffing or or, or pumping them in. You don't know, use them naturally throughout the blog post because if you are focusing on a topic for your blog post, then you're naturally going to write uh, an article about that topic, and it will naturally include the the keywords.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I also to, yeah. in my head, I'm also thinking your clients, even if it that does pop up, if a client goes and clicks on an article that like, appears to be written, just stuffed with keywords, but yeah. it doesn't actually read well. It doesn't come across with your actual brand voice because you're so focused on stuffing it with keywords. I'm sure that's also a turnoff. Like, that,
0: mm-hmm. I feel, that like, I feel like I'm imagining like a recipe blog that titled like their recipe, like, lasagna recipe recipe for lasagna like cheese and, and noodles and and everything and italian dish, like that like that's i feel like the equivalent right
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's a little bit the equivalent that um the place that you can do a little bit of that is in your image alt text and on pinterest because mm. those those the search engines work different in that way but yeah when it comes to the clear topic when you're wanting to rank on page 1 for google for that blog post but you can have a little fun with your your alt text because uh, alt text will pull into Pinterest through rich pins. So you can really describe the the image in your alt text. You know, say if you have a wedding bouquet, you can say like, oh, um, you know, bouquet inspiration for elopements, all white with orchid details. That's a great alt text, but we don't want to yeah. do that for our titles. We want to keep those nice and clean.
0: <laughs> yeah. What would you recommend for like, what is a good title then?
2: So just keeping it really, it kind of depends, again, on the what you're going after. Um, so say, you know, so say you kind of start with, so your target keyword is a bit more simple. So like Yosemite eloping, great. Then we've gone to Google that and we see what Google likes. And we're like, oh, Google really likes informational articles, like a guide to elope uh, in Yosemite. That's a great title, you know, ultimate guide to eloping in Yosemite. Mm -hmm. that works so we kind of start with a really basic just like keyword that 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 topic and then we'll make something the title to um something to keep in mind is that's what's seen on page one, it's the big, you know, we search page one search results and the results are there. That title is what shows in that nice big text. So we want to make it a little engaging. So you can put something like ultimate guide because someone would like that or like updated for 2020 or, or excuse me, 2022. Where are we? We could put some additional things or a lot of times in my blog posts, I add words like gorgeous, uh, golden hour, you know, things that would stand out a little bit on the search results. So that's kind of like we break down, we sort of work with our keyword first, then we we create something that will be engaging around that keyword for that particular keyword once we've done a little research on it.
1: Listen up, entrepreneurs. Do you ever struggle with getting all of the nutrients that you need in a day? Because let's be real, you are busy as heck. Same. Introducing Athletic Greens. We've started taking AG1 because we wanted to see what all of the hype was about.
0: So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally all the things.
1: Yes, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And a friend of ours describes it as white gummy bear flavor and that is very
0: accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in the winter months when you don't get as much sunlight. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin
1: D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash heart. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash heart to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Have you ever wondered what your credit score is? And if the free apps are actually telling you the correct score?
0: Well, wonder no more. We have an amazing company for you, credit.com. Credit.com has a product, Extra Credit, that gives you unmatched credit coverage. It helps you build, track, guard your credit, and more. And with Extra Credit, you get 28 FICO scores, rent and utility reporting, $1 million ID insurance, dark web scans, cash rewards, and a discount to a leader in credit repair. We mean it when we say there is no other credit solution that compares. To sign
1: up for Extra Credit, go to credit.com forward slash heart and get started there. To sweeten the deal, you can even get the first seven days absolutely free. It is just $24.99 plus tax a month after the free trial and you can cancel anytime. So go check out extra credit one more time at credit.com forward slash heart.
0: Is there a number of times, and maybe I'm not sure if this answer is even like knowable, maybe, um, mm. is there a number of times that a phrase or a keyword or even an individual word has to appear in your
2: blog post for it to like be rankable and for that? Yeah. So it's all going to depend around the competition around the keyword. Mm. Um, so, you know, going after Yosemite elopement, that's become a pretty competitive keyword, at least in our industry. It's not yeah. compared to <laughs> some other right. industries like recipe bloggers. They're always a great example. They're, they are like cutthroat. <laughs> competitive. Those, those keywords Dang. are tough. So yeah, there's, I wouldn't say there's a really specific amount, but I would try to, to mention, it's just, it's going to be so natural if you're actually providing a great piece of content around that topic because you're going to talk about, you know, uh, how to legally get married in Yosemite, uh, or how to legally elope in Yosemite, how to, what you should wear to a Yosemite elopement. See, it's like, it's, you can't help but include it when you're writing a really nice article for it.
1: Yeah. Good. I feel like the point is write quality content that serves your audience and the keywords will click. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yep. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love
0: Back up real fast. Could you define what alt text is? I'm just imagining somebody listening to this and they're like, wait, well, I'm
2: sorry. Can we back up? (laughs) That's a a great thing to go back to. Um, Yeah, uh, great question. So alt text is alternative text. So it's original it's sort of foundational use was for people who are vision impaired using the internet. So when they can't really see photos, either the the internet is verbally read to them or there's text underneath so they can like understand it better. Google has said it doesn't look at alt text for SEO. I kind of disagree, or at least it's looking at something, I just from my own testing, like I in the alt text in a random blog post, I just uh, I added, mismatched bridesmaids dresses and I got an inquiry and they were like oh I found your photo searching for mismatched bridesmaids dresses but that wasn't the topic of my article it like wasn't in anything but the alt text so and it's definitely utilized in things like Pinterest I know uh Instagram too now would like you to fill out your alt text for photos so it really has a um an accessibility uh, core to it. That's really its its use. But yeah, that's what it stands for. But um, yeah, the general rule is just use your alt text to really describe the image. Just like if someone couldn't see it, how would you describe what's in it? And I really do think our little, you know, because our little robot spiders are, they can't really see photos. So I think they look at um, what's what's in there. And it's just worth filling out because it pulls into other things like Pinterest and, and those things.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, is there any way to check how your SEO is doing? Like, is you mentioned you knew that somebody found you through searching Mismatched bridesmaid dresses because she said that. But for our listeners who are getting stoked on this episode and are like, oh, I want to get into my SEO. I want to figure out how am I even doing? Where am I ranking? Is there
2: a way to check that? Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the things I was definitely going to recommend is just like kind of like where to start. So go ahead and set up Google Search Console immediately. So Google Search Console doesn't... It's not like you set it up and it helps you rank. But when you set it up, you're basically giving it permission to access your website and blog posts and start tracking the rankings. So the earlier to set that up, the better because you'll have more data in there. So that's an amazing place to start is Google Search Console. It's an, um, a wonderful tool. You can see how many clicks, you can see the general rankings. Um, so definitely get that set up. Another thing I use is an uh, iPhone app called SEO Edge. And you manually put in keywords that you would like to monitor. So a lot of times I'll when I blog a new wedding, or I create a new piece of content, I will then take that keyword, add it to SEO edge. It's kind of fun too, because it's like on your phone. Um, I will say sometimes it's a little glitchy and, and buggy, like it won't pull, but overall, it seems to work pretty well. But that's a really easy way to just check. If you kind of know like I wonder if I'm ranking for this keyword or that, that phone app is a really, really fun way to do it. Mm, so
0: good. I love that. Mike, next question, could you briefly touch on maybe naming photo file, like the photos that you're uploading? I know you said Google doesn't look at the photo, but because it's reading the code of the website, is the actual name of the photos that we upload important? Because I, I guess I'm looking at like, when I type, type something into Google, obviously, you know, the, the, First page that comes up is like the normal page, but you can also go to images, and mm. images populate. So what?
2: There's obviously some sort of SEO connected to photos. Could you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely, yes. The actual file name that you upload to your website is incredibly important. That's written into the code. So um, whatever you you don't want to sort of you know import something to your website that's just like image three, four, nine, six, five, you know, that sort of thing. Even if you fill stuff out after that image file name is really important because it does get written into the code. So make sure to fill that out with whatever you would like it to rank for. So like the images on my homepage are titled different things like Portland Wedding Photos, Portland Wedding Photography, Oregon Wedding Photography. They're all related to um, what I'm targeting. And I i know Google will kind of scrape those photos and pull them into those, those different keywords as well into the image search. So yeah, that's really important. I've also done some experimenting with the text that's actually near a photo also seems to help it rank. So um So just like I might put like a title under a photo that's actually written like in a little heading that is, you know, um, like I just uh, like when I blogged this elopement and I also wrote a little thing underneath like stunning sunset elopement photos at hug point or something like that. So I've experimented with that as well, but I would say to really start, make sure those image uh, file names are filled out on export, use dashes instead of spaces or underscores, that's just kind of web standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then go ahead and fill out the alt text once you have it uploaded and really just describe what's in the image and include your keywords naturally.
1: I love this. I have a follow-up question to this based on naming the files of your photos. For one blog post, because you're talking about kind of like the, you know, the photos on your homepage and about page and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But for blogs and blog posts,
0: should you like be blogging like a wedding or something that's yeah, like more than one photo?
1: Yeah. yeah. Should you or even, you know, one of those informational articles if you are having a bunch of photos in there about planning your elopement and giving outfit ideas or whatever. Should you be like naming every single one of those files for the photos differently or should they all be the same keyword or yeah, just thoughts. <laughs>
2: Yes, totally. So quote unquote, best practice. And I don't follow this because I'm a wedding photographer and I blog like one hundred and twenty photos. <laughs> post, so that sounds like never. Yes, best practice is that each image file should have a unique image file name to it. So say if I was oh. doing an informational post and it only had five photos, you know mm-hmm. I was just like showing a highlight of locations or something like that, I would each I would name each of those photos differently. However, <laughs> I think that sounds like a nightmare. So I don't do that because I, I do like to pair with anything, any guidance or even just things in my own business. I need to pair it with like, what's also going to get it done because done yeah. is better than perfect. Yeah. Um, and if blogging just takes, you know, days and days and days and days, we want more keywords. So it is totally fine to name all those images, the, the same thing. So like with that hug point elopement, it would be like, Hug point elopement one hug point elopement two so I'll just number them and do that that way and then I go in and fill out the alt text and that seems to be uh, really successful but if your blog post doesn't have that many photos name each one of them it's worth a little bit more of the the extra effort I have seen I used to kind of teach that image SEO, really like not to put too much of your efforts there, but I have seen on mobile, their search has kind of changed where they are pulling photos into, not not just even like the little top carousel, but they almost are pulling them like where they look like little articles and you click on them and it's the photo. And on mobile too, Google has started to uh, give some favoring to portrait oriented or vertical oriented photos. It didn't used to, it used to just really be landscapes. So those are the things I've noticed. I used to just teach on, just uh, do alt text and extra stuff on color photos that are landscape oriented because Google favors those not so much anymore with, with mobile. So that's kind wow. of a change. Go ahead and yeah, add that those optimizations to both vertical and uh, landscape. Oh, I love this.
1: Okay. I, I, I want, I'm curious if you're down to give like a rapid fire, like one or two things For the listener who's listening to this, who has never thought about SEO on their website, they've heard maybe the term SEO before, maybe, maybe not knew what SEO even meant. And they're listening to this episode and they're like, I am ready to change something on my website. But obviously, you know, they're not necessarily going to be able to do everything that you've just shared immediately today. What's one or two things that you are like, this is the most important to change
2: Today, tomorrow, like the first couple of steps. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. The number one thing I will say that is just super important that anyone can get started on today is backlinks. So having other websites basically link to your website. This can be done through like submitting to photo contests or doing an interview with a blog or uh just submitting your work for for publication. When I submit my weddings, I like specifically do not submit to magazines because I want a backlink. So I want the digital <laughs> version. That's how much, that's how important those things are. And why it's so important is because backlinks are part of, you know, when we I was talking about that holistic approach. Backlinks are like their own category of that holistic approach. They're going to help Google know that your website is trustworthy because tons of websites get created every single day. A lot of them are spam sites. They could be collecting and selling data. So Google does a lot to want to understand that you are a trustworthy website and backlinks are one of the main ways that you build that strength around your domain and you build that trust. So like I had mentioned that I had my first wedding, you know, featured on Wedding Chicks and I I really went after getting my work published. That was totally a pride thing at the time. I just really (laughs) didn't feel like, you know, I had total imposter syndrome. It took me forever to even tell anyone I was a photographer. So getting those features just kind of like felt nice, but it ended up being one of the best things because I had that pride issue. I went after backlinks really hardcore. And then when I started learning SEO, I was like, oh, I've been working on this already. Oh, thank God! So, um, because I, like when I got my first, uh, you know, feature, I was kind of like, "Oh, the inquiries are going to come rolling in." I'm on this big publication, and, and we all know that that isn't really the case. Yeah, like, it's nice to get featured, and it's nice to also prove some. Um, it you know it validates us to potential clients. Oh wow, they've been featured in these places, but backlinks. If you can submit anything you have to anything at all super super important if you've done any interviews with links back all of that yeah backlinks are super super important does
0: google care about like the legitimacy or like maybe the popularity slash like well-knownness of whatever backlinks you does that make sense like yeah. like say say you were uh, like on like you did a blog swap with another photographer versus if you got featured on the not
2: like yes. which does google prioritize the not Absolutely, yes, because we want other strong domains to link to our domain. So things like the not things that have been established for a long time. So you can definitely go after newer, um, smaller, medium sort of publications. That's that's totally fine. But as, yeah, other business owners linking you like that's okay. Like that that's that's part of it. But you're gonna get a lot more bang for your buck going after medium to large uh, publications because their domains are so strong and because it's it's tough to get featured on on them that. That's all sort of points that are going to show that what you're providing is is quality content from a quality website. So yes, mm, Brilliant. Oh. okay. Yeah, so you you can't like link swap with people and try. That's not right. Delivery. Or like right. Leaving, you're leaving your website link like in a comment on someone's blog post. Like no. <laughs> you're
0: you're like, like this is a backlink.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that's funny. It needs um, to be like legitimate.
0: Makes sense. You have literally, we have just like thrown question after question at you. You have just given our listeners so much freaking fire. Yeah. We have kind of two more questions, kind of like rapid fire as we kind of end out the episode. The first one's maybe, I don't maybe not rapid fire because it's a little deeper, but what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your years of business?
2: Mm, yeah, I, I love that question. I have learned so many lessons <laughs> <business> <laughs> over the, over the years and, um, but there's, yeah, there's two that have really stuck with me. Um, be cautious when you're kind of quickly labeling things as easy or hard. So it's like, oh, reels are hard. SEO is hard. And I like to, just because who I am as a person, I really anchor in with, with visuals and examples. So there's two scientific studies came out, just how the brain functions. Our brains are absolutely incredible uh and they pro they're the way they the, the speed at which they can process information scientists are trying to figure out how it's so fast so there's been two studies that have come out um uh, they found that in rat brains that they're the brains produce biophotons. photons they produce, produce them about one photon per minute the human brain then possibly has a billion photons per second so it's like a fiber optic network whoa And the second one is mathematics researchers have, again, trying to calculate just the speed of the human brain, have found that there's quantum structures in the brain of up to 11 dimensions of structure. So it's it's a quantum computing, fiber optic, beautiful thing. So one thing about it is how we focus our attention shapes its physical structure, just like how riding a bike is hard and then it's easy. So when you go into learning things, like kind of imagine this like, light photon quantum computer that is com- is completely determined on where you focus. So if you're telling yourself things are hard or this is easy, you're training your brain to think that. Mm. So... Give your, give your brain a chance when you're going into something, almost like come at it as neutral, whether it's reels or SEO or whatnot, and then give your, your brain a chance to build those neuron networks. So you actually build into clumps. That's why riding a bike is easy or you don't think about when you're driving. It's because your your actual physical brain reacts to what you train it. So that's just something, especially with SEO or some of these things that get labeled as hard, you might be like training your brain that it's hard mm-hmm. instead of just like that it's it's a really neutral thing until those neural networks build. So I just like that focus. Whenever I try to learn something, I have really jumped away and really distanced myself from labeling as either hard or easy or being careful, you know, like reels are hard. That's really the big you know, topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one is that And this is a quote from uh, P the Fairy. They're just this amazing being of a human on Instagram. (laughs) Go check them out. But they posted this art piece that said the journey and the destination are the same. So once you get what you want, you will want more. And that's the beautiful process of life. I think for a long time in my business, I was so focused on like, well, when I get here, I'll be happy. Or when I get Mm -hmm. here, like I just like was constant. And it's kind of like, no, it's, it's all the same. And I, that's something looking back, I I do wish I would have enjoyed. And I did enjoy doing, you know, it is kind of fun to wrestle with being an artist and like produce like it's, it's, but it's, it can also be like a little bit of like the desires are just like the birthing ground for creation. So mm. I've like really tried to plug into that having desires is, is fun. And when I want something and don't have it yet, it's like, that's, that's just part of life. And yeah. that, life is, you know, this art piece and you know what you want your art to look like. That's another Peter Ferry quote. And I think a lot of outside ideals have been forced onto what life our life needs to look like, whether it's a six-figure business or a mansion on a vision board. And it's just like, no, your your art is so individually you. So create your own life as your own art piece. Get really clear on your wants and not just these kind of like empty platitudes of, you know, especially once you get past survival, if you're roofed over your heads and the food on the table then really set like what, not just like, oh, I want six, six figures, but what does that mean? Like, what does that money connect into? Is it that, you know, you, you really want to travel Europe for a month? You want to garden, you want to be able to take your friends out to dinner and, you know, not have to really look at your bank account. Like the real feeling of it will just make it so that, because what will happen, what you hit a certain point and then it's kind of like, I just feel the same. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's exciting, but that, that tends to fade. So just to really like look at life and your business as an art piece and that, you know, what the art should look like. And it doesn't need to look like anyone else's.
1: Oh, freaking yes. Creative entrepreneurs need to hear that. So (laughs) rewind and replay, (laughs) repeat that, put that on like your phone, uh, ringtone, like
0: (laughs) both (laughs) both of those, like the first one, like was such a like scientific nitty gritty, but like so good that like, I was like, Oh, I'm nerding out. Like just hearing you talk about it. Oh, so Mm -hmm. good. Uh, I just think
2: we don't give our brains enough credit, you know, we we have this amazing thing between our, between our ears and for it to be shaped by just where we put our attention and the things we choose, even the perception of certain things, Mm -hmm. it can, it'll train. It's so cool. It is.
1: It is (laughs) the coolest thing. I love it. It makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Catalina, it sounds like you are possibly a reader. Lindsay and I are, are, intense readers. We love learning new information. And so we started putting this in our rapid fire portion of the podcast because we're like, we want to, we talked to all these amazing people on the podcast and we want to hear all of their book recommendations. So if you're not a reader, it's totally fine. We can skip this question. But if you are, what is a favorite book that you've recently read?
2: Oh my gosh. I read absolute trash. (laughs) Hey, we're here for that. Uh, I mean, besides, yes, I love, like, that's kind of my morning routine is I I love looking up science and things, but it's really, like, on my phone. But I have, like, totally got into that Court of, court of Thorns and Roses. I don't know if have <laughs> heard of it.
0: No, I've... Is that, like, the... It's, like, all over Instagram and TikTok. It's, like... Yes. Is it like a series? And I, I okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it's about, but I I've seen it all freaking over the internet.
2: <laughs> it is. It is like the best. I and I even like me saying it's trash. Like I I one of my definite toxic traits is I'll be really judgmental about something, but I'll definitely <laughs> try it and then get really into it. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, I just got my you know myself handed to me there. Awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just like what I've been yeah into lately. I think for me, reading. While I have read um, some business books and things, I kind of like tr- kind of drifted away from that. Just as I do, I do love my business, um, but it's been a personal thing of mine as just having more hobbies and things mm, outside yeah. my business. And there is a special joy in getting lost in a romance series about fairies. Like you know, yeah. it's, just, yes. it's so fun. So yeah, just, just for the time being like for the last couple of years, I've really kind of pulled out from that as because reading to me can be so relaxing and it's so wonderful to be able to go into these other worlds that like sometimes I, I don't really want business stuff to be part of that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want yeah. to like get lost in, in, in stories. And, but it's, it's great because I, you know, and just like the way my business is set up because I don't, you know, Instagram is not really my thing. Like, there was a week where I just I read those books for like four days straight, like, nice. like ours <laughs> day, and I was like, "This is such a special joy of existence to be able to like just get into this." So, so that's been really like fun for me lately. Is and there's a whole other series by that author too, which I will absolutely be. That's buying. amazing.
1: That's amazing. I <laughs> I that. Yeah, not
2: inspirational at all, but
1: like. Oh, it's so good. Um, we want yeah. the variety. We don't want every like every person on the podcast to be recommending business books or anything like that. that That's why we left the question
0: open-ended because we just want to know what books people are reading versus like, it doesn't have to be, you know, an SEO book because that's like your topic. And we just, we're here for it
2: all. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the one other book that I recently read that was just like very inspiring and a lot of like that kind of like life as an art piece and just sort of this connection to existence. It's a classic, but it's Siddhartha. Oh my word. Uh, It's like, it just opens just life in those ways of like, again, like getting to certain points and yeah, just like this, like kind of like uh, presentness. That book is beautiful. It's short and highly recommend to anyone. That one is very inspirational. I I love it. it.
0: We're writing both of those down. All right. (laughs) Catalina, you have given us so much juice, so much goodness, so much wisdom. Where can everyone find you, have you photograph them, work with you with SEO, like all the things?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, so even though I'm not on Instagram as much, but I have been there a little bit more. It's been kind of um, fun to be back over there. So at Catalina Jean or uh, at SEO is fun. Um, those are the places to find me. I do offer uh, a course. It's currently closed, but I'm hoping to... I really want it... To to be available for everyone, it's just nice to be able to close it, and then I just like literally focus completely on supporting students and doing live calls. Yeah, uh, but we might do like a flash opening on on that, and that's just the big download of everything. I know SEO; it has so much content. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the videos too are only like uh, like five to seven minutes, so it's just like a really quick, easy way to learn <laughs> SEO yeah. as well if you don't want to spend the five years that I went through going through all that (laughs) stuff. So that's available. And I hope to have some other things too that... um, Yeah, because I just want to... I really want to make it available to as many people as possible. Like my goal is that anytime I search a keyword, it's like all my SEO students like... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's where to come find me. Send me a message if you have any questions at all. Um, Yeah, I like to chat on there. Uh, Amazing. Catalina,
1: you have been a freaking spitfire of information and also just such a joy to talk to you. So thank you for your time and all of the knowledge that you just dropped today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.